Let's get into it with uh, Chris Brandolino. And to use a sporting analogy, Chris, weather extremes like we've got at the moment must be sort of, you weathermen get off on this sort of stuff, don't you? Well, I, I don't know if I'd use that term, <laughs> um, but it's it, it certainly, look, it's to use uh, an analogy, you know, World Cup, final, second half, tight game, you know, you live for those moments. As a kid, you kind of dream for that, you know, if you're into rugby or that sort of thing. You dream for that, that moment because you want to you wanna perform and you want to meet the challenge. And I think there's probably some analogies or some parallels with when you get big weather events, you know, as a forecaster, as a meteorologist, you've been trained to you know, hopefully handle those situations. It's one thing to meet Mother Nature's challenge in terms of attempting to forecast it, but then it's another thing to deliver on that, and that includes the communications of that, articulating impacts. So it's a full package, and, um, you know, we try to meet those needs and demands. Well, let's get some articulation out of you. Is the El Nino drought fake news? Um, why, why are you asking that? I'm a little confused. No, no, no. No one's been predicting dryness and drought in October. Now, I look, mean, I'm just baiting you. I'm looking for a bite. but And it's gr- yeah. in, a, in a weird sort of way, it's really good news that it sort of hasn't happened yet because we know that um, often in October um, people can get really dry, but we've probably had enough rainfall to keep us going. But that's not going to be the case. No, look... Um, I guess if people were thinking that drought was expected to emerge in, in spring, um, I guess apologies for, for thinking that. We, we did not articulate that. Um, so let's kind of address that. So we're not expecting drought to emerge in spring. I think our expectation is that as we work through November, and I think especially the second half of November, I, you know, we're going to see dryness really start to emerge in parts of the country. In fact, when I look, have a squiz at our NEWA 35, which is this drought prediction tool that we've developed with MPI. It's on our website. It's freely available. You can see that, without question, it's the top and the eastern part of both islands over the next month where dryness is likely to emerge. So you and I, Jamie, we're, we're having this conversation around the American Thanksgiving time, which means nothing probably to most people, but to me as a as a, as a, as a, I guess, uh, my birthplace, one of my favorite holidays, that's toward the end of the month of November. I would be expecting that would be talking about some, at least some areas of dryness. And for that to occur before the start of summer, I think, is noteworthy. So as we progress through the summer season, dryness and potentially drought will become more something that will be uh, more front and centre. Okay, let, let's, sure, have a, let, let, let's have a look mm. at the here and now. Uh, sure. we, we, we've had uh, a, a very, well, it is a late season polar blast in the south. The worry, I think, is is, is, is for frost, the frost that will follow yeah. this, especially for uh, horticulturalists and growers. It's going to be an issue. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a fair point. In fact, I'm just looking at some of the temperatures that are forecast. Look, tomorrow morning, without question, uh, there could be some pretty widespread frost across the interior. Winds are going to drop off. Temperatures are going to be cold. The air is dry. So, um, yeah, I think frost is, is a real concern. And even for parts of the North Island, particularly, you know, inland areas away from the water um, in those normally sheltered areas, and that'll be a concern potentially on Sunday morning. So even though tomorrow, Saturday, is, is going to be a chilly morning, when you look at what to expect early on Sunday, um, it's going to be chilly. The lower half of the North Island and the interior of the South Island. So maybe two mornings 
where we have to concern ourselves with uh, cold temperatures and the threat for frost. And then we have to look to the north. There was a tropical cyclone, Lola, as we know. Um, that's weakened. It's 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 losing. You know, it's moving over cooler waters. It's it's basically falling apart. But there's still energy. There's still moisture. It's going to hook up uh, with a separate weather system over the Tasman Sea. And for a brief period of time, it will intensify as it moves closer to us. But then, just as quickly as it deepens or strengthens, it'll start to weaken or lose intensity. Nonetheless, there'll be wind and rain starting Sunday, and that'll develop from north to south. So Northland will be first to see the wind and the rain, and that'll move its way south into the Auckland area. By So Sunday, the weather going downhill in the upper North Island. And Monday, gusty wind, areas of rain. We're not – look, I just, I'll address the, probably the elephant in the room. This is not going to be a Gabrielle. Uh, we are going to see, you know, decent wind and rain. There could be some local power outages and things like that, but nothing widespread in terms of flooding and in terms of wind impacts. So that is some good news. Some local impacts, yes, but nothing widespread. And the weather should improve as we work away toward the middle part of next week. Okay, Chris Brandolino, always good to have your time on the country. Appreciate it. You have a good weekend. Go the All Blacks. And you. Yes, sir. Thank you.